Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode ever of our brand new podcast, Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast. Welcome, thank you all for joining us. We are so excited to get this going for you here. And to my right, the eminent, the tall tonight, he's very tall, uh, the top of his head looks a little green, but uh, <laughs> he, he's with us, and that is Rob, also known as Legion Cage. Hello, Rob. How you doing? Hello. I am doing real good this evening. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. And uh, on the other side of Rob is our first guest for the arcade podcast experience, the beautiful, the awesome, the uh, fantastic Angle Doom, aka Mike. How you doing, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm really, really honored to be here tonight. <laughs> it's my pleasure, my pleasure. All right, so uh, to kick things off, uh, basically, we'll give you a little description here. Arcade is a podcast about gamers and their favorite games, essentially, and uh, more specifically, uh, why they are uh, that gamer's favorite games, and um, the influence that that game had on them over their lifetimes, um, a little info about the games itself, and then, uh, you know, we just dive right into it and say, you know, what is it that makes this game so important to that person? And uh, I got this idea for this podcast basically by um, looking at uh, some of the podcasts that were out there regarding games. There's there's tons of podcasts for gaming reviews. There's tons of podcasts for um, uh, just... Uh, taking a look and seeing, you know, gaming news, what's what's happening in, in the marketplace, you know, the new things that are coming out. Um, e there's even podcasts uh, on the retro side for, um, you know, talking about uh, specific games from the past that um, they, they really were, um, you know, seeing how, like how it did in the marketplace and what kind of reception it had uh, when it hit the market. And uh, gameplay and all of that stuff, but I really didn't see anything out there that had to do with these are the memories that that game invokes, and, and this is why it, it's so nostalgic for um, that particular gamer or, you know, anyone in general. Um, like, for instance, uh, you know, when I talk about, like, Super Mario Brothers, I'll often mention that, you know, when I was growing up, I was only allowed one hour per day to play video games. So trying to beat Super Mario Brothers 1 on my old NES in an hour. And that wasn't happening because I just wasn't that good enough. Uh, and, you know, but that was the, that's the nostalgia that was there for me sitting on the living room floor with the, the Nintendo between me and the TV because the cords didn't quite reach all the way back to the couch and, you know, just trying to beat that game in an hour. So the nostalgia aspect of it is what I'm really interested in. And, uh, and of course, watching, uh, watching Mike play Black Tiger and knowing that's his favorite game, that, that really, you know, brought that question to me. Why is it so nostalgic for you? And he's, he shared in the past on his stream a couple of, uh, uh, memories regarding that, especially with his dad. 
Um, but we're going to dive in a little bit deeper like that. And uh, we're going to be doing this about once every two weeks with a different guest every time. Uh, I have planned about 14 episodes in the first season, taking us through the end of May next year. And uh, we'll just see where it goes, you know. So if you have any questions, of course, go ahead and put them in the chat. If you are listening to this on the actual podcast, you want to join us uh, if you get a chance for the video segment where the podcast is done live on my channel, which is twitch.tv slash EBC 2021. We do the, the podcast live, and then I go through the editing process, chop it all up, and we post the audio wherever podcasts are found. I know for a fact it is on Spotify right now, uh, and potentially some other things. Uh, but it's a slow process, actually, getting the podcast listed uh, once everything is created. So uh, even if you do not get the chance to watch the uh, the podcast recording live on my Twitch channel, you can always go back and uh, and either watch the video on demand or listen to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into it here. So we've got Black Tiger is Mike's favorite game. Uh, released on August 1st, 1987. Let me bring up my notes here. Um, there really wasn't a lot of versions of this game. Um, Mike uh, was obviously very familiar with the arcade version of it, the the actual upright cabinet that, uh, what was it, a bowling alley, you said? A uh, bowling alley and uh, <clears throat> subsequently my dad's bar as well. So it was just right across the street, literally. <laughs> right. So, but you were very familiar with the arcade cabinet that was released by Capcom in 1987. Um, after that, it came uh, to Europe, mostly. Um, a few other locations in around the world. Um, created by, well, produced by U.S. Gold Limited. It was still obviously created by Capcom. But U.S. Gold Limited uh, did a mainly European release on the Amiga, Amstrad, CPC, Atari ST, Commodore 64, and ZX Spectrum in 1990, well, late 1989. Uh, an emulator was created by Capcom and put into the Capcom Classics Collection for PlayStation 2 and Xbox in 2005. Then the next year in 2006, the uh, Capcom Classics Collection remixed for the PSP, and even though it wasn't released for it, you were able to do that also with the PlayStation Vita. Uh, in 2010, the Wii Virtual Console, and in 2013, the Capcom Arcade Cabinet for PlayStation Network and Xbox Live Arcade. So, uh, aside from that, as far as I could tell, there, there really wasn't that many ports of the game. So, at least here in, in the U.S., uh, you know, you had kind of limited chances to play it if you, um, you weren't looking in, in the, the right places. And maybe it wasn't something that, uh, was, was probably, uh something that a lot of people knew because unless they played the arcade cabinet back in, you know, 87, 88, 89, uh, and, and into the early nineties, they, they may not have even, you know, known what it was until they maybe saw it on, you know, the Capcom classics collection or something like that and said, Hey, maybe I'll check mm -hmm. this out. So, but aside from that, there wasn't a lot of ports. Um, so 
now we'll do um, uh, this approximate period in history, this day, this week in history or so, and uh, Cage is going to cover that. Yeah, thank you, uh, Scotty. Um, so I guess kind of let me take you guys back all right, a little bit. Uh, it's Saturday, August 1st, 1987. Some of you might not even have been born yet, uh, but uh, Ronald Reagan was the president of the United States during that time. Uh, Bob Seger, uh, his song Shakedown, just took the number one spot on the charts away from Hearts Alone, which dropped to number three. Uh, U2's I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For moves up to that number two spot. And George Michael's I Want Your Sex and Gloria Estefan's Rhythm is going to get you round out the top five on your charts uh, in the United States. Uh, Bananarama, uh, I, I apologize if I pronounce this name incorrectly, but Sioban Fahey uh, would actually marry the Eurythmics Dave Stewart on this day. Uh, Mike Tyson defeated Tony Tucker to become the undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world by being the first to hold the WBA, WBC, and IBF championship belts simultaneously. Most importantly, we're a little over a week from my third birthday on August 1st, 1987, and we're a couple short weeks away from the North American release of The Legend of Zelda and Castlevania II on the NES. But... We are here to talk about Black Tiger, um, releasing in the arcade on August 1st, 1987. Uh, Black Tiger, and I saw that uh, Isnib actually posted it in our chat there. It's interesting that it is Dragon in Japan, but Tiger everywhere else. Uh, Black Tiger is the American version of Japan's Black Dragon game because it was toned down for American audiences. Uh, honestly, like a lot of games of the time... Japan thinking that uh, Americans weren't really serious gamers and couldn't <laughs> handle that challenge. So um, they they toned it down, put it in the American arcades as Black Tiger. Uh, the arcade version did garner mostly positive reviews from publications such as Crash and Your Sinclair, um, which I do apologize. I couldn't find out a lot of information about those publications, but I assume they were just kind of like generalized uh, magazines. Um, now this one I did know, uh, Commodore user, uh, was a magazine and it actually received a re total, like they just had positive reviews. Um, Commodore user actually gave the game a seven out of 10. Uh, Scotty did already mention this, but the game would receive home ports for the Amstrad CPC, Commodore Amiga, Atari ST, NZX Spectrum in 89, and a release on Commodore 64 in 1990. Uh, there was also recently discovered screenshots of a planned port for the NES that never ended up seeing the light. Um, so they did plan to expand this out a little bit more. It just never happened. Um, Scotty also mentioned that there were a couple re-releases like in its pure arcade form on newer consoles such as uh, the PSP, the PlayStation 2, Xbox, Wii Shop, uh, PlayStation Network, and Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, the Wii version, because it was released standalone as opposed to an actual like compilation, actually received review scores. Uh, it got a 7.5 out of 10 from IGN, a 6 out of 10 from uh, Nintendo Life, giving it a 68% on Metacritic, because those were the two scores that were submitted. 
in Japan, Game Machine, the cabinet was listed as being the number six most successful table arcade unit of that month. Um, so it's not incredibly popular, as we kind of already alluded to. It definitely a kind of mid-pack game that was released, but it had a little bit of a following. Before we started, I kind of uh, told this Doom, uh, or Mike, sorry, I'm used to calling you Doom. Um, <laughs> this game, Black Tiger, was actually referenced in Ernest Cline's Ready Player One novel as one of the games the hero has to play during challenges. The reason why that game was included is because it was also one of the author's favorite childhood arcade games. You and Ernest Cline share a favorite childhood arcade game, Mike. Mm. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. When Laura first read uh, Ready Player One, she was like, don't you play a game where a guy has this like whip thing and like knives fly out and stuff? I'm like, yeah, it's black. You need to read this. You need to read this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they included it. It did not make it into the movie version, uh, but most people would say that's probably a good thing, honestly. Uh, but yeah, you share a favorite game with that author. Uh, the final thing uh, of note I have for everyone as far as uh, Black Tiger goes. Tiger Black Tiger is often compared and even by some to be a spiritual successor of Ghosts and Goblins, which is obviously a very, very famous series. Um, due to its gameplay being fairly similar, not just in the way the character controls, the armor, um, the upgrades on the weapons, um, and its sheer difficulty... But they actually share a common enemy. Um, I've never heard it being called this, but the Red Aramir, I think is how you pronounce it. It's the Red Demon, uh, otherwise known as Firebrand, yeah. is, is one of the enemies uh, in, in the Black Tiger game. So a lot of people kind of, you know, kind of consider it a spiritual successor to Ghosts and Goblets. But yeah, that's the information I have for you as far as Black Tiger goes. Awesome. Um, so then uh, I didn't mention in the porting information because technically it is a, a separate game. Uh, Black Dragon, the Japanese version, which um, Mike has played on his channel, um, is much more difficult. It adds uh, falling rocks and harder enemies and just all sorts of yeah and and uh i find that interesting that 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 was the reason why they kind of toned it down for the american audiences because they thought the americans weren't as hard of gamers <laughs> that kind of <laughs> like apparently they didn't know mike back then uh you know popping the quarters <laughs> into the <laughs> cabinets and <laughs> You know, any any other kid growing up in the 80s that did the exact same thing, you know, spending their the time if they had the money and, uh, you know, had the free time to, to go into those arcades and just plunk those quarters in and, and you know, get their entertainment value. But, uh, yeah, so, so Black Dragon is quite a bit harder, um, but... Uh, Mike has beat uh, Black Tiger several times. A um, couple of deathless runs, if I'm not mistaken. Not yet. Come not close. yet. Working um, on it. Nope. Okay. Uh, yeah, Coming it's, soon it's, to a theater near you. <laughs> <laughs> One credit run. I can. I can. Pretty much now. I think now. Um, it, yeah. I think my next one now is just trying to go for a. Death. 
a deathless one credit run. And then I'm still trying to like get a high score. Right. Um, like 1.4 million is the high. Yeah. So not too bad. Not too bad. So, uh, if you're listening on the podcast now and you'd like to see, um, Mike's runs of Black Tiger or Black Dragon. Uh, his uh, handle is uh, twitch.tv slash angle underscore doom, spelled I-N-G-L-E underscore D-U-E-M. And, uh, and of course, he's the, uh, the best at Black Tiger that I know. Um, just about the only person I know that plays Black Tiger, but hey, <laughs> you know. It, for now. That, that, that's what it is for now. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah check him out and uh it, it's it's sure to be entertaining for you all right we're gonna take a short break here and then come back and we're gonna be watching um a recorded version of um, mike's playthrough of black tiger while he gives us a little more insight into the game itself and uh and then we'll go from there all right see you back here in just a few short minutes Okay, um, so now we're going to be doing a uh, the playthrough of Black Tiger by Mike, and he's going to give us a little more inf- insight on uh, how the game is played. <laughs> but before we do anything else, i got to do this. Long, long ago, three dragons descended from the skies above with rolling thunder and destroyed a kingdom into... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> all right <clears throat> so first thing anytime in this game always go to the left and get that hidden object <laughs> that's like your first 200 bucks that you make on this game. <laughs> there are a lot like there's a lot of that kind of hidden stuff mm-hmm. in this game right it definitely it's definitely where you get your score mostly you know a lot of like score power-ups armor power-ups and at least three one-ups that I know of. Uh, and that's really, really been like clutch on doing a one credit run. Um, of course, taking less damage, of course, is always a good point, but uh, knowing where the, at, at that time, only knew where one one-up was. Um, I've discovered two in my modern playthroughs that I didn't even know of. So at the time when I was playing as a kid, the only, the only one-up that I knew was in level two. Um, and at that time, I, I just had to make sure that in any playthrough that I had as a kid that uh, I just didn't take any damage <laughs> or just try to get through the level as fast as possible. Um, and my strategy is when I was a kid and stuff like that is just like I didn't have very much money. So it was quite the opposite for me is how much I had money I could plop into this thing. So every time that I played, I would just keep on putting a quarter in and I would play until I could I died wait for the uh, the 10 seconds to go up, not continue, and then do it over until I had those first couple of levels just nailed and then just kind of keep on going subsequently. So this, the more I plopped in one quarter at a time, the more I was getting more playthrough, the more I knew those levels quite. Um, now, unfortunately, that means kind of like the last two levels, I don't know very well at all because I would just kind of blast my way through. Yeah. Um, at that time, especially when you get the final weapon. I mean, one of the gameplays, as you can see, is just collecting these keys and money. Because as you find these old guys, um, like the statues of the villagers and whatnot, a couple of them are merchants. And that's where you get your like armor upgrades and your weapon up. And you have to have so much money to get those weapon up. Um, 
So if you're taking damage, you can kind of lose track of how much money you're actually spending on armor just trying to get through a level when it's like, oh crap, no, I can't even upgrade. And anything I'm hitting right now is taking like no damage. Um, it's pretty much simple controls. It's just jump and attack. That's pretty much all there is to this. So it was two buttons and a joystick. So it was perfect. <laughs> uh, as you can see here with like uh, the merchants here. And for me, uh, being a smoker at the time, which, you know, I'm not going to say how long I was, but I was smoking cigarettes at the time, was perfect enough time to sit there for 30 seconds. I think I would waste most of my cigarettes at the time I was smoking, <laughs> playing the same back in the day where you could still smoke inside. <laughs> um, now, are the, uh, are the treasures in the treasure chest, are they static or are they random? A random. Random as heck. It's either going to be um, treasure or it's going to be a trap. Um, same thing with the urns. It's going to be a key, time, or a random uh, character, like a random enemy. Yeah, you see and, that fire uh, shoot most... out of there every once in a while and then start coming at you. And, and you can always tell, too, as soon as you hit that treasure chest and you kind of hear this, like, it's, uh, I can't explain the sound of it, but it gives you a tell before it's going to send a trap at you. That's mm -hmm. why most of the times if I am trapped behind it, I can jump over the flares that come up. Um, so it does kind of give you a bit of warning on that. Um, so yeah, the, the, the levels are pretty linear. Uh, each level has a dungeon in it, uh, which is great because you can find still more hidden power-ups and or uh, it's a great place to get uh, more money as well as like get your score. Um, again, I know where most of those are in the very beginning level. The last two levels are very much unexplored by and then I'm, I'm hoping in my playthroughs itself, it's going to be where I'm going to make up that uh, that difference in score. Um, as of now, right now, I think my high score is about, uh, I don't know if it's 800,000 or close to 800,000, but I'm going to have to bridge that gap of another 600,000 if I want to try to get to uh, anywhere close to the high score that's actually marked on an emulator. Um, the enemies are pretty much uh, the same throughout the game, except, you know, if anybody's ever watched Grandma's Boy, you know, you just changed the color of a sprite to make it more difficult. <laughs> um, and with that being said, with the advancement of the weapons, if you don't have those advancements, yeah, they're going to knock your armor out quick and then knock out your vitality quicker. Um, there are times that you feel like you can control the enemies, kind of like uh, when you play Donkey Kong, how sometimes you feel like you can control the barrels from going one end to the other. But uh, that's totally false. <laughs> I think I can do that, especially with like the spinny coins or uh, with random enemies that are in my way for a jump. But yeah, it'll prove me wrong every time. Yeah, currently <laughs> I have you at uh, your personal best of 725,150. Um, and I think uh, when I was watching your playthrough here, you got real close again, 703 or something like that. Um, yeah. So you're, you're thinking... You're thinking you can maximize your score by really, instead of um, uh, running roughshod through the last two levels, you spend more time farming and and, yeah. and building up the score in no, in that. Yeah, considering that I found two more one-ups throughout levels in my modern playthrough that I've had as you know as my playthroughs as a kid, uh, I guess taking the game more seriously than just you know something to do while I figure out what we're gonna what we're gonna do later. <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like there's probably other hidden objects within those dungeons, and uh, of course, you know, opportunities to score to get a higher score within them. Um, at least that's that's my hope. 
Now, um, question for you, I would say, you know, as I've seen, I, and I'm sure that some people have one thought about it, some people have different thought about it, in modern times, you can you can have a save state, you know? Have you mm -hmm. have you considered, or is that is that sacrilege to use a save state where you're at the beginning of level? Uh, I think you said there are seven levels. I apologize if I forget that. Uh, I, I couldn't really tell you right off the top of my head. Uh, I know there's three dragons, and there's at least three uh, stages that gets up to each dragon. Uh, so stage three is the first dragon. Stage six is the second dragon. So I would say stage nine is the okay. third. Um, within like the second level of each one of them having like a uh, uh, the armored you see twice with swords and the the ability to, to use fire um no uh I, actually you know I could use a save state now that I'm using um mame as an emulator to be able to play the game um but I, I guess for nostalgia reasons myself I, I I wanted to do it the same way I did it when I was you know per credit right you know just do it that way, per game and, and just um, and just for again, the technical side, you are using an emulator. Are you typically using uh, MAME32 or RetroArch? I'm typically using MAME32. Uh, RetroArch does not like my X-Arcade joystick. Uh, ah, when okay. I'm playing my arcade games, I am actually using an X-Arcade joystick. Um, uh, <laughs> I guess in that feel, if I'm going to be playing an arcade game, I, I want that feel of, of the actual arcade game. So, yeah, I, I won't play an arcade game without a joystick. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a rollerball. I was kind of looking into that because it's something that you can add on to uh, a stick later. Um, because I would love to play some Missile Command <laughs> and uh, actually play Centipede the correct way. Yeah. No, but yeah, but Name 32 is my go-to for any arcade game. Yeah, I remember um, the X Arcade. I remember seeing like uh, what six or seven years ago the cabinet they came out with that had mm -hmm. all the games preloaded that you actually sit there at, and oh, uh, yeah. what was that like four thousand, five thousand dollars, something like that. Oh yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like really, really expensive. I mean, it's really nice. You know, it looked like one of those like in the later days of the arcade when you had like Marvel versus Capcom 2, you know, it had the pedestal like joysticks that you could hook up to like the big screen TV up in the front and everything else like that. And I Just think it those, even has those... like some of that uh, diamond plate, stainless steel plating on yeah, it to make yeah, it to look make real it look... nice and shiny. Real fancy, you know, a little chrome plating out there to make it really decked out. Yeah, maybe my whole reason of even getting an X-Arcade joystick and I, I got my first one, I got the, I have the two-player joystick. And I got that the same year that we bought our house. It was in 2011. Um, that next year, and I, I got it on sale. I kind of got it on a, of a weird discount where it was like um, they had sent me vendor's discount, which I got it for really cheap. And I was just like, hey, yeah, I think you might have made a mistake. I called him before I bought it. And it was just like, you sent me this offer and it's in my, I've got it in my shopping cart and I'm willing to buy it right now. I'm just wanting to let you know before I did. And the guy in customer service was literally like, if it's in your cart, dude. <laughs> so I did. Uh, and it came with like uh, Smash TV and uh, Robotron 2020, 24, I think that is. Uh, but yeah, I, I originally just wanted to build my own. You know, just load up an old computer and build my cabinet so I could Tiger. <laughs> Most. And how much was the XRK joystick? Do you remember? Uh, the double I end up paying $89 for. Uh, the single that I use while I stream, uh, I end up paying uh, $59.99. Again, not, I got that as, uh, as a special offer. Yeah, once. 
so I jumped on. And they don't I don't think they even sell the single anymore. Uh oh, really? which is unfortunate because it's a really, really good joystick. It's a in my opinion. I mean I've had it for almost ten years now and it still does me well. I mean it sticks a little bit to the right. <laughs> You'll mm -hmm. see me complain about that every so often on my stream, like damn it. So one of these times I'm actually gonna have to pop it open and clean it out. <laughs> well it's probably gotten many uh years of use out of it good use uh definitely no i mean <laughs> when i before i've even got the adapters to where i can uh i fool the the computer into thinking it's uh an xbox controller so i could use uh and play modern nice. fighting nice i'm not good at them but i like playing <laughs> Back in the day, it was like the Street Fighter. Street Fighter was definitely like the go-to game that I enjoyed. That was a lot of. Fun. Now, I remember seeing you do this level quite a few times, and I thought, "Boy, this looks a lot like a platformer now." <laughs> I know. And this is where like most of the platforming is. Uh, the later levels, especially too, because there's some really impossible jumps. But this one in particular, because it has so many pillars. I mean, it's the one where you get really familiar with the jump button, especially going from pillar to pillar. And I think that was like one of the, the things about it. Like I was a big fan of Castlevania. And uh, of course I loved Ghosts and Goblins. Uh, Ghosts and Goblins was probably the one game that like, just sunk me into like arcade games. Just loving arcade. I, I spent some time in front of that cabinet a lot. Definitely with my NES playing Ghosts and Goblins. So playing this was like, wow, this is like Castlevania meets Ghosts and Goblins. And there's merchants and you can actually, you know, if you do it right, you could probably get farther, you know, because you buy armor and blah. Yeah, I, I fell in love with this game, Hook, Line, and Sinker. You well, can definitely tell that you've played it quite a bit just because watching the gameplay, you know, I can see where you hesitate because you know an enemy's about to pop up right there. Yeah. So. <laughs> I have many, many, many playthroughs, especially through these first three levels uh, to get to the first dragon. So you know I'm like the back of your hand. Uh, pretty much. Um, like I said, it was until like level four was when I recently just found another one up. And I just, I, I think I just exploded on stream. It's like, did you all just see that? I've never found that thing before. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's a thing. I mean, especially probably, you know, with the last two levels and these other, you know, closer to the end that you may not have seen nearly as much. And you, you can't predict their movements uh, quite as well. You're 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 still going to be coming across new things and going. Oh, mm -hmm. I didn't. You know, you, especially if you come across it by accident. You you never. You know, it's in a place you never expected it to be, or you, you're just uh, you know trying to find something and you you come across something completely unrelated to what you were looking for. Um, I've done that in a couple of. Uh, games, especially like playing Batman more recently mm -hmm. and, and saying, oh, you know, this is not what I thought it was, you know, and then you have to readjust right. how you play and take that into account. <laughs> oh, yeah, the mild RPG elements for sure. And, and in this playthrough right here, you kind of had me warbling whether or not because I knew I have enough to go and buy uh, the next weapon to take on the dragon. So I'm like, I, I kept on running into time, pow uh, uh, time power-ups and shit like that. So I'm just like, the hell with it. Just go down there and just get the new weapon. You've got a plenty of time. Just don't take a bunch of damage. Um, 
And I didn't, if I did buy the upgrade, I wasn't going to have enough to buy armor. <laughs> so now right now, I'm just kind of cursing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. That's all right. Uh, that, so that, this is where it seems like Black Tiger differentiates itself from quite a few of the other arcade platformers at the time, which was you didn't necessarily have like this aspect of the shop where you can upgrade weapons and things like that. It was just something that you maybe came across, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to, to saying, okay, uh, you're, you're collecting all this money and now you have to make the decision as to what you spend that money on. Do you want to, exactly. you know, do it on, you know, weapons or armor upgrade or, you know, health or something like that. And, and that didn't exist in most of the other platformers at the time where basically, you can't go back. You, you're just on a one-way track moving forward, and, and you just get whatever comes along in your path. This mm -hmm. this added the option of actually going back to farm more or whatever you wanted to do, and um, that, 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 I think, makes it a lot more distinct and, and sets it apart from quite a few of the other ar arcade cabinet games of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, real quick, we have a question from uh, the live chat. Uh, so, is the weapon upgrade more important than the armor upgrades, would you say? Uh, yes. Yes, it is, because you can either find uh, either weapon or other armor upgrades either in hidden objects, or you can find it later on. Um, in fact, it's like if you know you can make it, uh, like you see your fatality bar up there. That actually will take two hits out of that three. So if I know if I needed to get the upgraded weapon, uh, as I think I just did right there, I bought the upgraded weapon, but I've only got two armor. I know later on that there's another vendor at the bottom. Since I've already got the weapon, I can collect as much money as I want right now, and I know I can get the uh, armor upgrade before I end up hitting the... So uh, everything at that point is gravy because I have that weapon. Now, going up to the next level is an opportunity to get a lot of cash. Um, and the next coming levels, even boot. Uh, so this is the second to the last weapon upgrade in itself before you get to your endgame weapon. Um, and I still won't even get that for another two levels, I think. So yeah, getting that money to get to that next weapon upgrade is key. Everything else past that is just whatever. Because if you don't have that weapon upgrade, it's going to take you just that many, like twice as many hits to take out those enemies. Now here's uh, coming up here close is uh, I don't remember if I take him out first and then I go up for the the one up. This is the new one up that I had found just recently, and I've been just so happy about. It. Would you say that? Um, so looking in the shop, I believe it was just under five thousand zenny for the weapon you have currently and then the the like end game weapon the final weapon that one was almost 13,000 it's quite a bit of a jump would you almost say double. that it's that would you say that it's worth the the uh, worth every penny to get that final weapon yeah because it is so much uh, there is a time where it's this level afterwards, but I, I don't know what the actual level is called. It's called, I call it the Siege Castle, because at the end you have the Armored Dragon, but there's just so many enemies and so many things coming at you at once as you're trying to get through the castle. I will I will go ahead and buy armor to get to the end of that, because I know I'm going to get more money towards the end of that level, and the level after that is just going to be just pure any of the enemies that I'm going to um, nice. So with that level, I just want to get through it. 
Um, another. Oh, go ahead. Scott. Yeah, I was going to say it. Uh, so we had another hey. question in our live chat. He said, uh, what would you do if someone was playing the game? Would you wait or play another game in the meantime? I'd wait. Because I want to see what their score was. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you you're um, there was, <laughs> I, No, I mean, there wasn't a time that I didn't have the first spot on that game. And, and, and that's just talking shit about that either. That, that's actually true. And I'm sorry about the cursing. Uh, uh, but uh, I didn't wash my mouth, and I'm sorry. Quick cussing, um, damn uh, it! <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, it was a time even when I was a, being a kid. Though there was an adult who was playing like on Monte Carlo night up at the bowling alley, and I would crush his score every time, and he would get <laughs> further than me. And that was the thing. It's the only thing is, is I knew where the hidden objects are. I mean, by this level, I've already got two hundred thousand, and there's because it's an octopus that I find in this level that literally will double my score from like a hundred some odd thousand to two hundred and thirty-five thousand. If I can get this far, I was guaranteed to get first place. I was in the top ten, and finally, when the guy found me and played when I was playing, it was one night where um, they usually closed it on Monte Carlo nights for the adults, you know, so they could drink and. And whatnot, you know. But I think I was up there just finishing up the game before they started, and the guy came in. He's like, "It's you. You're the kid that keeps on beating my <laughs> score." <laughs> so he literally sat there for like about thirty minutes or so, just watched me. And he's like, "I showed him where a few hidden objects were," and he was like, "Oh, okay." Well. So we had a, like a little rivalry there for a bit, which was a lot of fun. We did have a uh, a little. Uh, arcade in the country store close to where, yeah, I mean, you know, within walking distance of where I lived when I was growing up, and um, I would go up there occasionally, but I, I rarely had the money. So it was like, you know, scrimp and save the quarters, and then, you know, maybe go up there for a good hour or so. And But when I did, I was kind of like that with uh, off-road. I eventually got really good at off-road, and, mm -hmm. um, and, and there was... Uh, you know the lady that that manned the shop and uh she's like you know my husband plays that off-road game and i said oh what's his uh what's his name on the score list and she said you know what it was and i'm like oh yeah he's second I'm like <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah. she said yeah he's he's gotten pissed you know coming in there seeing you beating him all the time but uh that was kind of short-lived too i wasn't like you know going in there uh all the time and mm. uh you know, trying to rack up those scores and learn the gameplay like you were. Yeah. There was the uh, Firebrand character uh, the, that Mike just defeated on the... Uh, on the little gargoyle? The yeah. yeah. It's a level three boss. And then literally the next stage, this one right here, he becomes just a character. And they just start throwing him at you. This level to me is probably one of the most difficult levels to get through. Uh, especially as a kid, I was scared of this level. I just like I just want to get through this level as fast as possible, and I still kind of have that. And you can kind of tell in my playthrough, I'm I'm just now getting to the point where I'm slowing it down a little bit and taking it a little bit more careful. <laughs> There's oh, so, so they many, did like, have some of the rock drops in. Black oh yeah, Tiger. this one, yeah, okay, and this one especially like this level especially is where it was really infamous. And now um, the thing going through Black Dragon is now finding those new rocks <laughs> and they they come <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, thought, I, I, I i oh go ahead yeah i thought that was exclusive to black dragon but no yeah apparently they mm -hmm. just have more of them yeah no lots more <laughs> and those are those are one shot kills half the time i don't care what your armor level is if those wow. that rock hit you just right 
It'll just kill you. Hmm. <laughs> so the main, the, the, the really good armor is the, 20, the 2400 one. Yeah, and that gives you eight hits. You can see the little numbers down at the bottom where you can see like the number of keys I have, the ah, weapon gotcha. level, which yeah. is four, and then the, the armor level. See, I had six right there because that spinny coin, which is another, you know, just undefeatable enemy, took me from six to two within just one hit. Right. And now it's waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, because it knows. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also wanted to ask you the wise men that you're you're basically saving here. Uh, at least that that's how the storyline came off to me a little bit. Was like it was these these villagers or wise men that that had been taken hostage or something, and they were kind of frozen in stone. And when you go to to save them and release them, uh, my question was: Do uh, are, is it random when they have a shop, and you don't know which ones that are going to have a shop? Uh, no, I, I know pretty much which ones have a shop and which ones have uh, either coins and or. T and then just a few of them that are just like, hey, you know, will give me advice. Like, hey, right. you should look for hidden objects or 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 whatever have you, you know. And you're um, like, I've been, been playing this for 25 years. I know, dude. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it, it's just like with this one, but I still get kind of confused. I always think this guy's the merchant, but he's not. I think he gives me time, which I know down at the bottom here is the gentleman because there's another one down here. He's the merchant. And I didn't mean to hit. Yeah, see? Right there, you see me just get pissed off because I didn't <laughs> want to hit him. I wanted to hit him on the outside. <laughs> I knew the time was down there. It's like I didn't want to blow the money. I wanted to go through the dungeon first. So, yeah. I, you just see me just like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what I want to mention too here is this is so much so far has been a deathless run. I, I've been like, I've been so happy with this run going through it. Like you can see the concern in my eye at this point because already this, this level has me pissed scared. <laughs> 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 okay, well, I'll tell you what, then. we're, we're, we're going to take a short break then, and we're going to come back for the, the, the moment at which it becomes not a deathless run, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we'll go from there. So we're, we're going to take a short break. I'm going to pause that right exactly like it is now. We're going to come back to that, and uh, we'll see you here in just a little bit. Okay, so now we're going to pick up where we left off here. There we go. So unfortunately, this was not a deathless run for you. Oh, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I was damn close, though. <laughs> um, no, I'll point out, you can tell when it becomes not. <laughs> in that corner there, that poor guy up there is about in for it. But, I mean, I had so much fun with this, with this playthrough. It was one of those times it was like I knew I had to sit down and do it because he had asked me to. And uh, I had just probably about enough the, enough time in that afternoon to sit down and do it. I was like, I can do one run. if I, As long as I can get a credit run out of it, I'll be happy. It came to about this far where I'm like, I'm really close. We can do this as long as I don't mess up. But I've already messed up a couple of times. That's why I've got the... <laughs> <laughs> so I got the warbles right there. You shake your head, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little bit of the anxiety going and like, no, nah, this ain't going good. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Random uh, super buff dude. 
Yeah, I was going to say, we, we got a couple questions in chat there. Does, is the character actually have a name? Is there a lore? Does the character have a name, or is it literally just random super buff dude? No, I, I actually have the marquee right there as my backdrop as I'm playing. His name is Black Tiger. He is a legendary hero. <laughs> oh, okay. He is Black Tiger. So does that mean in the Japanese version, he's Black Dragon? That is correct. Nice. There you go. Um... Another question, what do you think your record is for time spent uh, on the game in one session, if you had to guess? And, like... Uh, I would say guess guess for one time in the arcade and one time playing, like, here on an emulator. Okay. Um, definitely, as, as a kid, I would say by about... Uh, I know I'd at least be there for at least 45 minutes. That was kind of the cool thing about it, and that's kind of because with like the whole nostalgia fact, like that it was my escape for forty-five minutes. It's where I felt uh, not like useless or shitty. You know, I felt like I was good at something. You know, for forty-five minutes, I could sit there in front of this machine and I felt good. <laughs> um, so uh, I would say at most time. I mean, when I was a kid and stuff like that, I would maybe spend maybe a dollar two dollars just kind of playing it at a time and that was probably maybe per week or if i had like some money to sit down and play it when i was right so i didn't really have like long stretches where i would play it like hours at a time like in a like so i'd say by about 45 minutes to an hour per session as i was playing near um <laughs> here uh as modern especially with like streaming i think i've played this for like up to words of three or four hours at a time just kind of playing what to get it through if I made it through or not. Especially with Black Dragon trying to get that uh, to go through. I, I can actually sit down and play that for a lot more hours at a time uh, than I ever could as a kid. You know, for one, it doesn't cost me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just the time, right? <laughs> right. So I'll we've got about uh, 20 minutes left in your playthrough here. Before we start getting towards the end where you're you're really getting to the tough battles, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about like some of your uh, more um, familiar memories playing this as a child, um, You know, some of the things that, that made it really special to you over the years. Uh, like I said earlier, it was it was my escape, you know, uh, it had to get all weird or nothing like that. But about the same time when I started playing this pretty heavy, it was pretty much time my dad left. So life was weird for me at that time. You know, I, I found out a whole bunch of things about my life was not what it was. Uh, you know, not that just being an adolescent, you know, going into high school, you know, things were already kind of weird. What? So, um, get weird. <laughs> um, so my fondest memory is this, just this being my my safe place if you will much like in any time that i'm sitting down playing a game or what this was this was my time to shine you know where like i said i didn't feel crummy about myself i felt good about myself playing the game because I, I was good at it you know i had my little rivalry i had my name up at the top score usually all the time or just down the board as it was um i i yeah. gotta i gotta imagine that 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 plays into the nostalgia factor for a lot of 80s kids you know seeing 
seeing your your name at the top of that leaderboard and putting in the three characters that represented you and you knew it represented you and that meant you were at the top of your game and at the top of everybody else's game apparently or right. or even even working your way up the leaderboard you know and, yeah. and just keep continuing to do a little bit better each time yeah when i got that first credit run when i was a I I probably made the biggest stink. I think the I think the bowling alley guy even threatened to throw me because <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited over it. I was like, I don't even fucking care. <laughs> I can chew lines, it'll be over at my dad's place anyway. <laughs> just dumb shit like that or whatever, you know. But it was it was really just that exciting because you know I just never heard of you know it's an arcade game. You don't beat an arcade game. It's not a Nintendo game. You can't sit there for a whole night and try to figure it out. Then you had to pay money to play it. The whole idea of an right. arcade game was to get you out of there within three to five minutes and dump another quarter in. You know? Now, I heard about like some of the people who are really good at games. One of my favorite uh, game shows growing up was Starcade. Just watching people play arcade games get really good arcade. They had 30 seconds to score a high score. I always wanted to be that. And playing this game, I, I was that fucking kid, you know? I, I was that fucking guy who was good at something, you know? For a kid who wanted to be a Nintendo counselor, you know, hotline counselor or whatever. I wanted to give everybody the tips and tricks of what was good, you know? So this was my... This was my badge saying I was fucking good enough to be, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I am I'm a gamer at that. <laughs> Well, especially for, you know, uh, how many games, you know, probably all of them is the, is the answer, were designed like that. You know, arcade cabinets where they, they purposefully made the gameplay a little bit harder. I mean, I, just in, in seeing the difference between NES Donkey Kong and arcade Donkey Kong, there's, there's a world of difference in the difficulty level and... Obviously, they they kind of stepped it up to try to make you feed the quarters in, but um, you know, just how much more does that that actually add to that? Knowing that you're you're able to go in there and I mean, not only in your case a one one credit run, but you beat the system, you know. Yeah. And how many kids could <laughs> could say that actually? You know, going in there and uh, you know. Unfortunately, we we didn't necessarily have all the time or the money in, to go in there and you know feed the quarters in like they wanted us to. They they probably would have made a lot more money if we had more to give them. But uh, you know, you got good enough to say, you know, I don't have to do that. I don't have to feed the quarters in one after the other and keep on continuing and trying to uh, beat this game because you you got to the point where you just knew everything. Uh, that was necessary to get to that point, and mm. then you, the number of quarters you actually fed in went down and down until it was one. Yeah, and that was the thing for me. I didn't have a whole lot of money, you know. I didn't have a whole lot, so I I knew I could plop a quarter into this machine in forty five minutes. I got to sit there and have a good. <laughs> I didn't have to be anywhere else other than in front of that machine. There, there really beats uh, streaming services that are $10 a month now. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yes. And just to feel that good about it was, yeah, it was everything. 
And this is, I think, pretty close to where one up number three is. Yep, right there. Yeah, there it is. Booyah. But as of as of this moment, uh, you are still deathless in this run, correct? I am still deathless, and I'm at one vitality. This see right there, I <laughs> I was a merchant, but he's not. He's like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so from here, I've got one vitality, knowing that one hit's going to kill me. <laughs> and you're in your underwear. Yep, and I'm in my underwear, which is probably a route right. <laughs> <laughs> I have what? No, no, I had a key, so I was lucky that was cash. Ninja came up. Please. I was able to dodge please it. Please this guy's a merchant. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Merchant. <laughs> Got enough to get some. But I had just enough to get the upgraded weapon and just the four armor. One vitality and four armor. If anything big hits me, it's it's a one hit kill. Is that armor two four six eight? Yeah. Okay. Oh. And from no. here is when these purple mummies start coming out. Yeah, the rock hit me there. Took away two. The ninjas are quite oh, tough themselves. Yeah, so the, yeah, I'm getting jump. just bombarded. Yeah, and then the, the ninja just kills me. So right there is where it ended the deathless run. I was so close. Because <laughs> I only had this level and then the next. <laughs> next time. <laughs> now see, with my score here as well, I don't know where the dungeon is. I've not been to the dungeon in this level. Have you looked up any uh, guides on this at all? No. Purposefully? Mm hmm. Uh, did, uh, I, you did that on purpose? You haven't actually looked up any guides? No, no. I, I've done that kind of on purpose. I've, I've kind of done everything on my own on this one, so I've just kind of, kind of kept it up. <laughs> well, that makes it even more sweet. When you get that uh, one credit deathless run, that's going to be like... Uh, queen playing we are the champions in the background i'm gonna be very happy about that <laughs> it's gonna Along be a red letter day in the doom house it definitely that and when we finally one credit run freaking uh black dragon i'm gonna be so happy when that happens <laughs> now have you looked at any uh speed run information on this yet i have not and actually, uh, Gilmax from the CR Game Room is the one that actually looked up the high score for the emulator. Yeah, I, I could not. Um, while we were talking, while we were talking there, I was trying to find out information as far as a high score. Um, to my uh, very very brief uh, looking here, the high score kind uh, looks like one point seven million currently. Okay. Uh, one one million seven hundred twenty thousand. 150 more precise um i did actually uh you know thanks to another uh friend in our community that i know of speedrun.com um there are submitted uh speed runs of the game wow. as well um normal of black tiger uh done on an arcade emulator uh is currently at nine minutes and 41 seconds as the world record I'm looking at wow. uh, Twin Twin Galaxies <laughs> right now. There's a record for the MAME emulator for a high score of 1.8 million. 
nine but I guess minutes. It, it also it also depends. Yeah, nine <laughs> nine minutes. That that was just like I I didn't realize you know because I'm not a big gamer, which makes it all the more hilarious to me that I'm hosting a gaming podcast now. Um, <laughs> that uh, I didn't know did not know there was speed runs to getting over it by Bennett Foddy. Because I, I was first introduced to that game watching Markiplier play it on YouTube and, and you know, his his raging over it just, I you know, is absolutely hilarious. And I'm like, how long did it take Markiplier? And I mean, I even tried the game myself after watching him play it and I'm... I'm uh, like yeah no I'm I, I I've spent 30 minutes on this game and I haven't gotten more than two meters in one direction because I'm just so awful at it and and obviously you know <laughs> learning it just like you learn Black Tiger or anybody else learns these games over the time and um you know figuring things where they are at and and getting your timing down and all that and I come to find out that getting over it has a top speed run of like. I think it's like two minutes, and and I'm going. There's no way until I looked it up on YouTube, <laughs> and I'm watching this guy complete getting over it in two minutes, and I'm like, wow, that that's a that, that to me that's impossible. The, the the skill level of getting your timing down just right to complete a game like that in two minutes, or a game like this in nine minutes, you know. Because you you just have learned the game so well and you know where everything is. What what uh, do we know? What um, Sath's personal bests are on Castlevania Two, offhand. I know that he holds the world record uh, for the damageless run. Um, sorry, give me number... one second. I can find out. Number thirteen, I think, on speed on uh, the speed run. And we're uh, we're of course talking about uh, one of the other streamers we know, Sath Dresh, uh, which uh, you can check him out at uh, Twitch.tv/slash s a t h d r e s h. If you're listening on the podcast, once again, my channel also is twitch.tv slash ebc2021 and we're watching the playthrough of black tiger by uh, angle doom his handle is uh, twitch.tv slash i-n-g-l-e underscore d-u-e-m and uh, i'll also mention my co-host here rob he is legion cage on twitch twitch.tv slash legion cage spelled l-e-g-i-o-n-k-a-j-e not to be confused with uh, Legion Kage, <laughs> or however it was pronounced uh, previously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so South currently holds the world, or uh, not holds the world record, 13th in the world uh, at 39 minutes, 29 seconds for any percentage glitchless run. Any percentage run he holds at number 10 for 33 minutes and 44 seconds. Well, and to see to see him exploit some of those glitches too. That's that's insane. Yeah, so good. And and he doesn't. He obviously doesn't need the the glitches either to do it. He is number eight for a one hundred percent completion glitchless run at forty nine minutes thirty two seconds. Wow, awesome. Number six for a hundred percent run. 
and that's the only other ones that they show on on here. But yeah, and I know he has a couple other times on his personal uh, sheet that are confirmed records that are not shown on Speedrunner or Speedrun.com. So that's your top goal, Doom. 1.8 million in nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and do. <laughs> a little bit of practice. <laughs> Just a little bit. But you know what? That gives me a reason to keep on playing them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So do you ever get sick of playing Black Tiger? Like, you, no. there's just days when you go, nah, I just don't want to play that. I mean, obviously, I like to play other games and whatnot, you know, but uh, um, no, I, if I'm going to sit down and play Black Tiger, I'm going to sit down and play some Black Tiger. I might get a little tilted, and if I start getting that way, nah, maybe it's time to a little back off for a little bit, you know, stop, yeah. uh, like, make it more of a chore than it is, you know, it should still be always be fun. And that's the thing with me, it always is fun to try to have... Um, to get better, you know, just kind of get that personal best going. Um, so that's what I always look forward to when I play anyhow. Um, and just now uh, trying to get through Black Dragon has just uh, uh, reaffirmed that, uh, that the love for the game as it is. You know, it's almost like uh, it really does just take me back to those times. And even those times like I liked playing arcade games the most and going up to my bowling alley. So during the fall when I knew it was open... It was open on a Saturday, so you give me a cold, rainy Saturday morning. Um, the only thing I want to do is play Black Tiger. <laughs> uh, if we have any other uh, questions from our live chat, please go ahead and post them uh, here in the next few minutes because we're uh, going to be wrapping up here in a second. And uh, now as we're coming uh, almost to the end of the playthrough, we got about, uh, looks like, four more minutes here left in your playthrough. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit more about uh, the logistics now of getting to the final boss. Oh, at this point now, it's just like I know um, we've already lost one guy, so the deathless run is fine. We're we're at the end game here. We're at the last hallway. Um, at this point, I'm just trying to get more of a score now. Um, I I kind of ditched score for uh, the deathless run, but as soon as I did, I started going more for score. As you can see, as I'm trying to kill everything. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this is literally the last corridor, so I know it's just fraught with just like uh, end game enemies like the ninja, the the gargoyle from Ghosts and Goblins. There's spinny coins here that I have to jump around. Um, but there's one key thing that I always know of, of course, falling right. <laughs> um, there's a merchant right before the dragon. As long as I have full vitality and I can get to that merchant, get uh, the eight piece uh, armor set. Everything's gravy. I've already got a minute 32. There's a minute sitting there waiting for me. And I don't know if this is a glitch in my MAME or what, but it, or if this is something I just never knew before. But the guy will respawn. See how he just respawned right back there? Hmm. The guy so will you could respawn. probably hit him again. Yeah. In fact, to. I have. Yeah, just to take a second to breathe. <laughs> yeah, so this is it. This is the last dragon right here. Out of the three that you have to take on that have taken control of the kingdom. Um, yeah, and he is tough as nails. I couldn't imagine how much damage it would take or how many hits it would take without the, the end game weapon. Um, it would just darn near be impossible. I mean, it already takes so many hits as it is now. Um, the saving grace is most of the fireballs that he breathes out, like the round ones, I can hit with my, uh, my weapon to be able to detonate them from there. 
The lightning, unfortunately, is a whole different thing when the flares come up. When with him, those colored flares, if I hit them, will either um, uh, take away my knife ability and or make my controls the opposite. Yeah. So he's not only not only is he extremely powerful, he fights dirty. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> and there it is. That's the end. That's All one right. quarter right there. 25 cents well spent. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly got your entertainment's value out of that. That definitely did. And, and as a kid, that meant everything right there. That's why I sat back, smoked a cigarette, felt hella cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then go again. Yep. <laughs> Pop another quarter in there and do it all over again. I'm still waiting for people to show up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that is Angle Doom, a.k.a. Mike's uh, playthrough of Black Tiger. Um, once he, uh, once again, he said it was unfortunately not a uh, one-credit deathless run, but a one-credit one-run uh, nonetheless. And... Um, yeah, I, I got to imagine it's going to be coming soon, man. You just keep on plugging away at this. You keep uh, you you keep making it your own, and uh, you know, learning uh, the the new things that you find out every day about this game, and uh, you never know what's going to be next for it. Yeah, that's the exciting part about it. And then, like I said, with the introduction of trying to get through Black Dragon, yeah, yeah, this is why it's one of my favorite. Games. It is it is my is my whoopee <laughs> as far as video games go it is my comfort zone well you know and uh, as you attempt to continue to learn more quote unquote be better at the game oh by the way right? dedicated to you by the way yeah love you buddy <laughs> i said that i appreciate you i gotta put that uh, i gotta put that score into our community leaderboard yes. um but once you hit that deathless run I mean, all you got to do is just make sure you timed it. And you've got a world record there, dude. Speedrun.com has nothing for deathless run on Black Tiger. Like, oh, man. Like, all you got to do is just do it and submit it. And for maybe for only minutes, <laughs> you know, once someone sees, oh, hey, hey that's fine. deathless run, I'm going <laughs> after it. You, I mean, you are the king. You can take a screenshot of that and you can be like, I am the king of Black Tiger. Well, here, there we go. Then it must be done and I will do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, tell them to go create a new category for that uh, deathless run over there. One credit deathless run. There we go. Yeah, I will definitely do that. If I can achieve that, I will definitely put a bug in there and do it. I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would I would imagine that you could you could get that submitted. Plus, you know, we were talking about him a little while ago. Sathdresh definitely is a is like a moderator on the Castlevania board. I, I saw that down at the bottom. The board is actually, like he's one of the people who actually is control of the board. Um, I'm sure. You know, I know you got it good in with, with him. You could get it. You could get that put up there. So be pretty cool. <laughs> and I would welcome the competition, too, because I think that would just be a lot of fun, especially if I was going for score after that. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> 
All right, so to wrap up on uh, Black Tiger, uh, at least from my experience, which is you know very limited as a gamer, to me it looks like, uh, as I stated earlier, it kind of stands head and shoulders above some of the other cabinet games at the time that are similar to this kind of gameplay because of those, um, as one of our live chatters put it, uh, mild RPG uh, tactics and, and style and, and simulation there where you get to choose what you're doing with your money and, uh, you know, saying, okay, I want to do this at this time, this specific time, to be able to play better, uh, either a weapons upgrade or an armor or, or a health. Um, in addition to some of the other things that you can purchase in the store, uh, where it, it, it really adds to how you can kind of personalize the gameplay and the run-through on this more towards your liking to, to suit whatever you think is going to get you further in the game. Yeah, that's one of the things that really, really just sold it. I mean, I love the whole difference of it all. It, it's just so unique than anything else. Um, And just the fact that it's just became one of my favorite games. It just, yeah, this, this whole game just means the world. Well... Uh, everybody's got to have a favorite, so this one's yours, and you're awesome at it. You you do a great job on these uh, Black Tiger run-throughs, and uh, yeah. So so that's that's what's next on your agenda is getting one of those uh, one credit deathless runs on Black Tiger, and then uh, one credit completion on Black Dragon. That's your next mm -hmm. goal, and then we go for deathless. All right, and then that nine minute speed run. <laughs> yeah, I'd still I I've I, okay, I don't know watch videos on that, but I've got to see this. I got to see how this how this person is doing nine minutes. It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, it doesn't say anything about. Uh, it just says beat the game, beat the game hard, and then there's an uh, a all wise men category, which I assume is the equivalency of one hundred percenting the game on here. So um, unless there are. Um, like it does, it does have rules set as far as the speed run goes, um, but it doesn't. It doesn't say anything about not using, like being glitchless. Okay, so uh, there is a possibility that there, you know, will glitch to jump something in there too. Yeah, he's exploiting some glitches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's definitely worth a watch for sure. I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I mean the the game is very very quick paced, anyways, and obviously mm -hmm. you are timed, you know, mm -hmm. in, in each level. So there there is a possibility is one hundred percent, you know, glitchless. But you know that's that's what we would have to look at to be able to uh, see what he does. And you never know, you know, same thing like uh, someone pointed out earlier in the chat, you know, when you arrived at the game and someone else playing it what did you do did you go play something else wait you know same kind of thing you're watching you're getting <laughs> tips and tricks from that person who's playing you know you could come out of watching that nine minute run and being like oh i see what they did i right. see what he's got going on right here and you know be able to add it to your own repertoire in there well that's just like me with uh you know watching uh, you play uh, the Batman game. I mean, everything I learned about the Batman game, I learned from watching you play, except for, you know, the few little, little tiny 
minuscule, invisible bits and pieces that I learned on my own, you know. Um, (laughs) I just watched you play a couple of times, and I'm saying, okay, so this is how he does that. And then I go back to my own version of it and say, okay, this is how I learned to do exactly what Doom just did. You know, Mm. that's how you do it. And I think that's a cool thing, too, because it means you could be shown how to do something, but to be able to still throw your own interpretation or your way that you'd like to, to be able to do it and it works out some way. I think that's the great thing. Of, you know, they're still getting that same result, but doing it the way you. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. All right. All right. Well, we're going to close out. So that was uh, Mike's playthrough of Black Tiger. Um, you have been listening to Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast. Once again, found wherever podcasts are found. Uh, like I said, I know for a fact right now it is on Spotify. Uh, we're, we're looking to see uh, how many more uh, podcast platforms we can get on here within a short amount of time. Um, we'll see. It's a, it's a learning process, but um, if you are listening to this podcast, please stop on over to twitch.tv slash EBC2021, where we uh, actually do the podcast live, and you can see the video of the uh, the playthroughs uh, like we just watched of um, Mike playing Black Tiger. And in the meantime, uh, we'll see you next time, uh, hopefully about once every two weeks, so, so we're planning... Um, Let me look at my calendar real quick. We're planning here about uh, October 22nd or 23rd to be doing the next episode of Arcade. And uh, like I said, rough plans to do about 14 episodes in the first season through the end of May. And if you have any questions, of course, you can contact me through my Twitch channel. And uh, we will see you next time. So once again, I'm Scotty. And... My co-host is Rob, and we were joined by Mike, also known as Angle Doom, here on Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast. See you next time.